welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our experiences of language learning with you, as well as the stories of other Australians and a few international guests who love learning, working with and communicating using other languages. I'm Beck, And I'm Penny. And we'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we're recording today, the Wadawurrung people and the Wurundjeri people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. Hey, Penny, so I hear that you have been trying out some of the language pairings on Clothesmaster. Tell me all about it. I have, Beck. Look, it's a bit of fun, I have to say, and something that if you are an aspiring or wannabe polyglot, I would heartily recommend because it made me feel like a real gun, if I can be completely honest. (laughs) I love that. I love the aspiring slash wannabe polyglot. Like we don't all want to be polyglots really. Like I, I feel like a lot of people listening to this podcast are like secretly have a dream in their mind of learning all the languages in the world. Yes. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, it's not one of my, you know, number one goals. But when I was playing around with this today, I was like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> so Which languages did you try? I tried Vietnamese from French. And I also tried French from Chinese. Okay. And it was really fun. And it is, it's definitely more of a challenge for sure. Okay. Um, because did you feel like you were getting to practice both languages by pairing up the two of them? Yes, I think so. Because in each sentence, um, you know, example, there was probably at least at least one word I'm like, I don't know what this is. Um, and, you know, when you have the English there, you're not going to have that because, well, of course, you can read what it's saying. So that's a really a really good kind of way to push yourself, I think, and um, for me especially because French, Vietnamese and Chinese, you know, are my best <laughs> best languages but they're no by no means amazing so you know if I can do it I think anyone can do it and I would really recommend it it was it was fun okay awesome well that's a very a lovely hot tip uh about Clothesmaster, who is of course um sponsoring this episode of language chats um so thank you to Clothesmaster for supporting us um and yeah we have both been enjoying using it so it is um it's good that we can tell you a little bit about what our experiences are. I know. Mm. The other thing I wanted to mention too, Beck, was that when I was having a play around recently as well um, in the Chinese and Japanese sections, at least out of the languages that I've got on my app, I noticed that there's this beta or beta, some people might say, um, uh the section, I guess, being trialed called pro grouping. So this is a pro feature. So this is when you upgrade to get the paid version of Clothesmaster. And it's it's basically the way that they describe it is looking for an extra challenge. This is where we put our experimental collections for extra practice on special topics, currently in beta and exclusively for pro subscribers. So the exciting thing for Chinese and Japanese learners at least what I've um, seen is there is custom sentence groupings for focused learning on each of the exam levels. So HSK for Chinese and JLPT for Japanese. So I really like that because as you know, um, I've done a couple of the HSK exams and it is really handy to have everything grouped into one section so you can really just power through 
what you need to know for the exam. That's great. What a good idea. Um, And good for everybody else to know that uh, those collections are there that are so specific. Yes, exactly. And they're probably in other languages too, but they're just, you know, the ones that I've had a quick flick through that are on my, my listing. Very good. Well, if you um, are interested in giving some of those, uh, what was it, experimental yes. <laughs> groupings a try um, or to try out some of those uh, those ones for the tests, if you are uh, planning to do something like the HSK or the JLPT, um, then you can actually get the pro version of Closed Master um, with a little bit of a discount um, thanks, to, thanks to our sponsor. So um, you can get a 10% discount off the pro version of Closed Master by using the code language lovers um, and then you can give it all a try. Yay! And Yay. and do let us know as well. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. And don't forget, if you're not up to getting the pro version right now, still download the free version because there is heaps of cool features in there to have a try with. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much, Closed Master. Yay! So in our episode today, Beck, we're going to talk about something that really kind of popped into my head this week. And I know that it's something that, you know, we've talked on and off about, you know, the last few years, just um, in, in language learning, but also in life as well. In this article that we shared onto the Language Lovers AU community Facebook this week was all about embracing our beginner's mindset and whilst the article wasn't about language learning specifically when I was reading it I'm just like oh this is just this is just made for language learners all these things that they're saying is just exactly (laughs) how I felt and how I know other people have felt as well. Yeah, 100%. I I really enjoyed that you shared that on um on the Language Lovers AU community petty. Um and I enjoyed reading it too cuz I have to admit I also really identified with some of the things that were in the article, how it talked about being a a beginner again as an adult. Um and I think all of us who have learnt languages at any stage in life You've probably, even if you haven't seen some of these traits about beginner mindset, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, in yourself, you may have also noticed them in others or at least their challenges with them too. Yeah, yeah, mm. for sure. So we'll, we'll pop a link to this article, by the way, in the show notes, um, but it did appear in The Guardian a couple of days ago. So we're in uh, the start of November in 2022. So... Beck, do you feel like you've ever struggled to kind of get your mind around being a beginner again when you've been learning a new language? Has it been a difficult thing for you or do you find that you enjoy being in that kind of stage? Um, I think both. So I do enjoy being in the beginner stage. I really relish the the newness of new information like I I love I love things being fresh like when you when you when you know nothing and then you suddenly have this like new knowledge um I quite enjoy that feeling um and I find it quite like energizing yeah um Having said that, I've also had many moments of frustration (laughs) in those beginner (laughs) moments too where you just 
don't have enough information yet to do anything useful. And I think that, you know, the older you the older we get and the more mature we become through life, um, sometimes the more frustrating that feeling can be um, because, well, you're an adult and you're used to being able to do stuff. Yeah, exactly. You're used to being able to like articulate yourself um, or express yourself in an articulate way. Yeah. Um, so finding that suddenly you can't is um, is a... It can be a very, very frustrating feeling. Yeah, and a hugely uncomfortable feeling, I think. Yeah, that's right. Penny, how have you felt in those situations? Is it, do you like the beginner moment um, or the beginner stage? Really similar to what you described, Beck, because I feel like when everything's new, it feels so exciting and that you, you can't go wrong, you can't go backwards. Everything is adding to the knowledge. And there's no, <laughs> I don't know, it just, it, like you said, it's a really, really awesome energizing feeling. That's, that's how I've generally felt. But exactly what you said too, that when you are a complete beginner and, it, and it, I think my time in China really kind of highlighted this because when I, when I arrived, I'd done a few night classes in Melbourne before I'd gone and I thought, oh, wow, you know, I can count, I can, you know, do all my greetings, blah, blah, blah. And then when you get there, of course, you realise that you literally can't say anything and no one can understand you and everyone expects you to (laughs) be able to speak and comprehend what they're saying. And it was a really humbling experience being brought back down to zero and not being able to function in Mm -hmm. everyday simple life (laughs) tasks like, (laughs) you know, getting a coffee or for example um so that can be really humbling and demoralizing but I also get a lot of kind of strength and energy and I don't know um kind of drive from that as well because I'm like you know I can't do it now but in two weeks I'll be able to do it so (laughs) just keep going (laughs) um but I know it's not the same for lots of people. And I, I saw some, you know, students alongside me really struggle so much so that, you know, they ended up dropping out and it was a huge, a huge kind of mindset for them to get around the fact that they're, you know, in their thirties, sometimes older, professional careers behind them, really successful in what they do back in Australia and then thrown into this environment where, they basically can't even communicate as a, you know, <laughs> a one-year-old type level. Um, yeah, huge, huge struggle town. So it is it is interesting because everyone copes it in a different way and I think where you are in life also would definitely play a part in that. Mm, absolutely. And I guess maybe being conscious, like being as conscious as possible of that stage and that mindset potential possibly mindset change um to recognize that you are in a beginner stage that somebody doesn't expect a lot of you and that you know your expect your expectations of yourself also do not have to be sky high um and that is part of what is discussed in this article so it's by um Gaynor Parkin and Amanda Wallace writing for the Guardian um and they sort of mention how I suppose the anxiety and probably also the insecurity 
that many people do find when they are trying to learn a new skill. As Penny said earlier, it's not just about, this is not (laughs) about language learning specifically, it's more about learning a new skill um, and how daunting that can be. Mm. Um, And one of the first things that is is brought up in in this article um, is talking about uh, somebody's experience of being a long-time high achiever um, and finding themselves in a new um, work role um, that is quite different to what this person has done in the past Um, and, of course, yeah, the insecurity um, and anxiety that they feel about their performance, um, not feeling like they know exactly what to do. Yep. I think that all, you know, makes so much sense um, from my own personal experience but also seeing others' experiences around me. And then, you know, it rang a little bell in my head said, maybe it's because I'm not a high achiever that I'm not feeling all these all these stresses and anxieties. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's a benefit. <laughs> but, like, there, there is also, like, such a freedom of um, – of not having expect not having like grand expectations of yourself. I think when you when you have that opportunity to kind of let it go, um, you know, realizing that you don't have to, especially in the context of something like learning a language for for pleasure, um, or learning a language for something more serious than for pleasure. Like if you need to learn a language because you're moving to another country or something, still you if you are a beginner, you're a beginner. It's okay to be a beginner. It's fine. The you know you don't you can't climb a mountain in a day. Um, actually, you probably can't even climb that mountain in six months. Like it's gonna take it's gonna take a really considerable amount of time to to get to a point where you're like fit enough to climb part of the mountain. <laughs> I like that analogy, Beck. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly what you said is the first kind of tip that's outlined in this article. So. To ease this beginner's mind and, you know, to help with this transition, the first tip is to engage in learning for learning's sake and we should not put pressure on ourselves with audacious goals. Instead, we should start small. And I thought that was a really great tip for us language learners and something that we've talked about heaps too, Beck. you know, in, you know, I love when we did the dabbling challenge earlier in the year and it was all about just, you know, no pressure. Just have a go. Yeah, exactly. It's all all just about like not not feeling like you have to completely overachieve. Just uh, just small steps. The other tip in here that that kind of you know rang bells as well is that we should learn from us from our mistakes, and we should not mindlessly repeat the same actions over and over. Instead, being more focused and analytical and reflecting on what we did right and what we did wrong. And psychologists call this deliberate practice. And I thought this was a really good point because sometimes we do talk about in learning a new skill and and language learning comes into that too. You know, that whole concept about beating our heads against the against the brick wall you know it's not happening it's not working it's not you know don't keep doing the same things over and over that we should you know not repeat things that are potentially not working and we can totally apply that to to language learning yeah absolutely if you are using the same app to practice every day and you're finding that you're not going anywhere um then yeah have a you know have a 
tidy a little bit of a think about um, whether or not there is something new you can bring into the mix, um, a different way that you can engage yourself perhaps in um, in the language that you're learning um, or in any other any other skill. Um, taking a moment to, I suppose, reflect on what and why um, you're doing something to, to learn. Yeah. Yeah, really good. And that's probably something good for me to remember, you know, just because I've watched, you know, five series of Le Bureau doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to speak <laughs> perfect French. <laughs> Not that there is anything wrong with watching all five no. series of Le Bureau. <laughs> Excellent series. Um, yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. And and I guess, I mean, we've heard about, I, I have heard certainly about this concept of deliberate practice before. Um and it is something that you have to remind yourself of. All, all of this is things that, again, there's no, you shouldn't ever beat yourself up, I don't think, for feeling like you've done something incorrectly or that you could have done something better. Um, because, of course, you know, we have, to, we have to learn that somehow. It's only through experience that you can, you can see that something does or doesn't work. Um, and it's always just trying, trying new things and, and seeing how they work out. And when they do work, that's good. When they don't try something new yep totally the um the last point in this article was my favorite and that was about we as learners should try and learn from other novices Mm -hmm. rather than comparing ourselves with experts and that it also helps to teach the skills we're learning to other novices because that's when we learn best when we know we have the knowledge to pass on and I thought, oh, this this just rings true for so many reasons because I know one of the experiences you've had back with your German learning was being able to tutor a high school student in German, mm-hmm. even though you yourself didn't feel like a supremely awesome <laughs> German speaker, even though I know you are. But, you know, at the time, you know, it was a big deal, wasn't it? Yeah, no, like ex- exactly right. I um I definitely felt that I was not nearly good enough to do that. Um but it helped me having to explain things to somebody else. It gave me a moment to to practice um and to kind of reinforce the things that I had learnt before but you know probably didn't practice enough or um maybe hadn't reviewed for for some time. So, um, you know, I, I definitely found that a really, a really helpful thing to do. And I think as well, like in terms of practicing and learning from other people who are learning, learning from other learners, um, not only is that, uh, that can be a really fun thing to do, but also it's such a safe space. And, I think for for learners, we really need those, you need those safe spaces. Mm. Um, sometimes you find that with other learners. Sometimes you might find that with a teacher um, or a tutor or somebody else who you can practice with. Um, but there is a real um, kind of community sense of safety I think among other learners and that's sometimes what I have experienced in group classes yeah um when when I've had the best experiences with with group classes for language learning um it's when 
everybody everybody in the class is of an appropriately similar level um, and where you can learn from each other um, because you are at a you are at a similar level you have slight differences probably in the knowledge that you all that you all hold and it means that you're you know you're practicing class with each other whether it's like in pairs or in groups or however it is that it is done is really enriching um, because you go, oh, I didn't know that I could say that. And somebody will be like, oh, actually, I, I learnt this once and or ex- a teacher explained it to me this way or this is how I remember this or they tell you a funny story. And, and all of those things kind of help you to help you to understand. But, of course, then you're all practising together and kind of you're on the same journey. Um, so, yeah, a really, a really good call on, yeah, make sh- making sure that you are learning from others and not just looking at, at native speakers, for example, and being like, I have to be as perfect as that. Um, when of course, you know, you're still a beginner, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, not be perfect. <laughs> you've got no hope. Don't compare yourself to a native speaker. <laughs> I think that's that really struck a chord as well, is because we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to you know experts, which we could call as as native um, or even you know speakers who are fluent. Um, because as beginners, I think that's, you know, it's lovely to have a goal, but I think that that comparison thing can be really kind of <laughs> damaging. That might be too strong a word, but you know what I mean, Beck? <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. It can, well, I think it can just, it can just feed your insecurity. So, so any, any kind of insecurities that you might already have about your, your, your knowledge, your ability to produce sounds, to you know use the correct pronunciation to find the right words any any of those insecurities that you have there are just exacerbated by feeling like you are not like the native speaker or that you're not like the expert or that you're not as good as somebody else um when of course none of that is is really helpful um it's more about the effort that you're putting in and that you're like having a go I suppose isn't it but um one of the things that I loved was when I was in China, this um, experience, I think, of being a complete beginner but also having a lot of learners around me who were at different levels. So the people who were kind of in that level above me, I really learned a lot from them as well because they'd been where I was not that long ago but they – had been able to get to that next kind of level and now look at where they were. They were, you know, this whole kind of level above me and doing all these amazing things. And I think that's really nice as well, just having people in in your life who you can relate to and who are just kind of in that step ahead of you. The other thing that I think is great about learning with other learning from other people who are just a little bit better than you too is that it does give you the confidence to know that you're going to be able to get there so if there's somebody who has previously been as beginner as you um and then you're like oh they did it though so as long as that person did it like you'll be fine you can definitely get there as well (laughs) I think that's one of the best things about hanging out with other learners too isn't it because you just go well They've just given me such such hope <laughs> and, you know, everything's possible. Yeah, exactly right. And, um, you know, just just on this kind of topic in general about the beginner's mind and um, 
I think one of the things that does tend to come up a lot actually when people are talking about language learning, but probably more generally with all new skills, um, is people are always saying, oh, you know, kids just soak it up. They just they just pick it up like sponges. Um, you know, I can't be like that again because, you know, I didn't learn this language when I was a kid and they're just at such an advantage when they're learning everything. And I think we can all probably just learn. It's good to think about the fact that kids can pick up things quite easily, but that so much of that is just about not really having any fear. Mm. Um, And like, I don't know, Penny, with your kids, do you often see them, you know, because they're they're still so young and they're still learning so much. There must be so many times when they just pick up things or like start playing with a new toy or they're at the playground or something and they jump on a new piece of equipment and they just do it. They just don't have any fear that something's going to go wrong yet or that they're going to do it incorrectly. So they just try. I mean, their little brains and bodies are learning so many new things every day that I think it's just second nature. And like you said, there's no fear, there's no barriers. There's also, I think, limited expectation and pressure from that sense of achievement I think that does come as it you know with childhood it does come (laughs) but you know when they're little um yeah it's it's amazing to watch um at the same time though I'm not (laughs) I'm not jealous of them being able to pick up things so quickly because I think you said this earlier on in our chat too Beck that with our kind of life experience and uh, our ability to draw on all our different learning experiences, it does make us still really efficient and effective learners as we get older, Um, especially when I'm thinking about languages because, you know, as as people who are listening who are in the same boat as us, Beck, who have learnt more than one other language, we've got tools that we can use to help us get better as a learner as we add in other different languages and I think that's how I felt when I was in China too because it was I don't know maybe the fourth or fifth language that I tried in a formal setting I felt like I came to it with with a different mind and a different way of looking at language learning to say someone who rocked up in China as a complete beginner the same as me but had never had that opportunity to learn a second language. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. We should be grateful of the skills that we already have that can help us to learn more new things. Yes, and here's to continuing. Yes. <laughs> That's Yay. what it's all about. I know. So if any of you ever need cheerleaders on your journey to once again becoming a beginner in something, um, just uh, let us know we're here for you. Yay. <laughs> L-E-A-R-N-E-E-R. <laughs> Did I spell that right? <laughs> I don't know. Say it again. No. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you for joining us on another episode of Language Chats. And before we go, we'd just like to share a fantastic review we got on our podcast from another podcast host, actually, Mere Models Podcast. And they have said, I'm fascinated by languages and this podcast was fantastic to listen to. Whether it be mistakes, conversations with people who work in the field or general advice, this is an awesome place to get information. 
So thank you, Mere Mortals Podcast, for leaving us a review. And, of course, we'd love to hear from you and to get your feedback and your reviews. So if you get a second, please jump on and leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And (laughs) one lucky reviewer will have their review read out every episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, we we love your support. We're very grateful to have um, you guys listening to us. That's why we keep making these episodes. Um, And if you would like to engage with some other members of our community, then do join our Facebook group. It's called the Language Lovers AU Community. Um, And that's where you can find us um, and also lots of other language loving Australians who um, we like to you know, share information with articles like the one we've been talking about in this episode um, and other things that are going on around Australia in particular um, that have to do with other languages and learning other languages or using other languages, all of these things that we do talk about on language chats. Um, You can also find out more information about us and what we do at languagelovers.com.au and you can find us in the other social media places, of course, too. We're on Instagram, languagelovers.au and also you can find us, our page on Facebook, languagelovers.au. And don't forget to give Clothesmaster some love and download their app and have a play and let us know how it goes. That's right. That's C-L-O-Z-E-M-A-S-T-E-R. Clothesmaster. We're doing a lot of spelling on this episode, Penny. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Beck. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you in a fortnight. See you next time.